Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I told Mark this morning, I said, you know, I really need to have the podium because those music stands just can't hold my stuff. I have to have all my stuff or it doesn't work. <laughs> and the last time I spoke, I couldn't drink any water because I didn't have my water bottle because I had the music stand. doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this time we have together, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you gave to us as you ascended into heaven. Thank you for that, Lord. Just bless this time now, Lord. Lord, I just pray for your anointing here upon us, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, just invade this place, Lord God, as we share together in your word on this day of Pentecost. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, you guys, there's no guarantees. I had the grandkids Saturday and Sunday. That meant no sleep last night. Yay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the Holy Spirit will make up the difference, right? Amen. Amen. They're going to go to sleep while I'm speaking, see? They get to do that. I don't get to do that. <laughs> okay, so I don't, did we get that? We didn't get the visuals up there, huh? Okay, we got that up there. Okay, so this is the theme scripture for today. It's from Acts 4.31, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Okay, now, the, the, the thing that's important to note about that is they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word with boldness. You cannot speak the word of boldness unless you have the Holy Spirit, okay? So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can get the Holy Spirit today. You can ask the Lord, even while I'm speaking, he will descend upon you. You might start speaking in tongues. Who knows what will happen? Tongues of fire could fall on you. Anyway, you got to have the Holy Spirit if you're going to preach the word in boldness. It doesn't work any other way. You can try, but it doesn't. I've tried. Anyway, let of the Spirit, right? Okay, so Acts 1, 4 to 8, I'm going to read out, out in the New King James. And this is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised, I might have my turn my Bible right side up. <laughs> I can't read it upside down. Okay, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to the disciples when he ascended into heaven. And uh, I'm going to start in the beginning. Luke, it was actually uh, Luke that wrote the book of Acts. And uh, he's talking about Theophilus here. Starting in verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Okay, so there was 40 days from when Jesus was crucified, and then he ascended up to heaven. There was 40 days between then and Pentecost, okay? So you need to know the time frame here. And he, he appeared to the apostles at many different times, he appeared to two of them on the road to Emmaus right after he was crucified. They were very sad. They were going and talking to one another, saying, oh, what are we going to do? You know, he was our hope, you know, the promise of the future. And then he showed up and talked with them. They didn't even know who he was, you know, until he left. They all said, oh, wow, that was Jesus. He said, don't be sad, you know. I'm going up to the Father, and the Holy Spirit's going to come and empower you. But they, they didn't understand that. Okay, so here in verse 4, he promises the Holy Spirit. 
And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Okay, so there's a period of waiting here, a period of tarrying. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he's getting them ready for this, okay? Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or season which the Father has put in his own authority. And then verse 8, here's a promise. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay? Now, if you jump over to verse 12, this is what happened after he left, okay? Well, first, and from 9 to 11, Jesus ascended to heaven. He spoke those things, and then he was taken up to heaven, okay? And they looked, and they saw him going up to heaven, okay? And um, anyway, then two, two men stood behind, beside him, angels, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go to heaven talking about the second coming. Jesus is going to come again, okay? He's going to come back. It could be soon. I don't know. It says no man knows the time. We certainly have a lot of signs happening that he could be coming soon. So he's encouraging the apostles here. So what do they do? They return to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. And there was Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Okay, now in the, um, in the New King James it says these all, let's see, it says all of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. Okay, so... I looked this up, and they were waiting approximately 10 days, okay? 10 days, they were waiting and praying. And the, I don't know if they probably left the upper room. I don't know, but I'm sure they went somewhere. Maybe they didn't. Anyway, they were all gathered together. They probably didn't go far. And they were gripped with passion, continuing in one accord, okay, interceding night and day, united in prayer. Okay, now this is the important thing, okay? The Holy Spirit is with us today. And I believe, uh, like we've been praying with all the brethren throughout the world, that he wants to have a great revival, a fresh outpouring of his spirit. That takes us being in unity. You're not going to have revival without unity, and you're not going to have revival without prayer, okay? You have to pray. There's no getting around it. I don't care if you're an intercessor or who you are. You've got to pray. If you don't pray, you might as well forget it, you know? These guys prayed for 10 days. They interceded night and day. And that is when the Holy Spirit descended. They sought the Lord. They sought the Lord. They were gripped with passion. Okay, that's all out prayer. That's not just saying, Jesus, please come, anoint me with your spirit, and then going on your way. No, this is talking about they were filled. They were really expecting. There's an expectation of the Holy Spirit. They wanted what Jesus had for them. They wanted to be led of the Spirit, okay? They wanted to receive the Holy Spirit, and they were determined to wait and tarry until he came. Sometimes we get in too much of a hurry, and I think that's probably why we're not seeing a revival right now. We think we have uh, all the tools we need. You know, we've got the Word of God. We can go out there and preach the gospel and do all this stuff, but we don't tarry. We don't wait for the Holy Spirit, and so we're doing it in the flesh, and in the flesh doesn't work. Probably people will be offended. You know, they probably won't receive what you have to say, 
because you're probably not hearing from the Lord on the timing. God has a timing for everything. He has a, a timing for when people are going to get saved. He had a timing for when I got saved. I had to travel all the way across the country to California and up to Alaska and before I got saved. Down to Florida, I was like all over the place. See, I was seeking. I didn't know what I was seeking, but I was seeking the Lord. And the Lord had a timing. And all along the way, there were people that spoke to me. I can look back on that now and see that. At the time, I didn't see it. I thought they were all crazy. Who are these people? Why do they tell me this? I don't want to hear that. Okay, then I'm going to send you to California. <laughs> Great. That was a horrible experience. But anyway, I did get saved in California. In the midst of all the uh, turmoil I was in, there was a never discount who's going to speak to you that, or what you're going to say is going to get somebody saved. These were two guys that were street preachers. I was in L.A. with my friend, visiting other friends, totally not expecting it, um, anyway, we were just downtown walking along. These two guys come up to us, stop us in the street, start preaching the gospel to us. That was it. That was the final thing for me. I accepted the Lord on the spot. Felt like I got translated into the spirit to another part of L.A. I was just preaching the gospel everywhere. I was like a woman on fire. You know, I was just going crazy. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was saved. So anyway, don't, don't discount what the Lord might ask you to do, okay? Because you never know. You might be a seed in somebody's walk to get to the Lord, or you may be the person who's going to speak the gospel who's going to get them saved, okay? I believe these two men were led of the Holy Spirit, okay, and that the Lord sent them to be. I mean, here, I live in Pennsylvania for Pete's sakes. So why would I even be in California? Totally, you know, it's totally off the charts. Time and distance don't matter to the Lord. We just need to be obedient to him. Anyway, I remember some of the crazy meetings they invited me to. I thought, oh, boy, I don't know what I'm getting into. But anyway, I eventually found my way to Alaska, got found in and grounded up here, you know, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, set on fire. But anyway, I just want to say that to say that you gotta, you got to hear from the Lord. you got to have the boldness of the Spirit and be led of Him. And the apostles were waiting on the Lord. They were all together, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the women. They were all there praying, waiting for Jesus to send the Holy Spirit, okay? We need to make sure we're tearing, okay? So let's, let's go to, let's see, Acts 2, I'm going to go to now, and this is where the Holy Spirit falls upon them. The coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, today is the day of Pentecost, okay? They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so that was pretty amazing. They didn't know what, quite what to think of that. And uh, in Acts 2.12, this is their response. They were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Whatever could this mean? And other mocking said, they're full of wine. They don't know what they're doing. They're just full of wine. Okay, so now enters Peter's Pentecost sermon. Okay, I've got to go over here. Peter looked at them all and said, you don't know what you're talking about. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk with wine, obviously. What are you thinking? <laughs> anyway, he set them in their place. And um, let me get over here, Acts 2. 
So Peter's Pentecost sermon. He stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. Okay, and this, I believe, is going to be happening now to what Joel said. This is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Sons and daughters, you're going to prophesy. Don't put my... my uh, Son prophesied at the age of eight, and the young man he prophesied over remembers it to this day. He's now a grown man in Mary. He still remembers that, which is amazing. I know, right? Your young men will see visions. Your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear. For the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before that great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. Talking about the second coming here. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, so anybody that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I really believe the Spirit of God is moving across the face of the globe right now, okay? Um, uh, a few weeks ago when I was uh, prophesying, the Lord spoke that. He said, don't think that the end is yet, for I am moving, and many are coming to me in droves across the globe. And they are. This pandemic is causing people to turn to the Lord like never before. But they need, they need to know that they can get saved. They need to know how to get saved, okay? And they can only know if we tell them. We've got to become more bold. We've got to become filled with the Holy Spirit and out there, Daily looking to speak the gospel, okay? I, I, believe, I believe it's urgent in the timing we're in. We're in what they're calling is a great pause, okay? It's a great pause to seek the Lord, to be in his timing, to be led of his spirit, and be where we're supposed to be. It's not a time to be laid back and doing nothing and just going about your daily life. Huh? The whole globe has been shaken up. It's time for us to say, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I in the right place? Do you want me to move somewhere else? Who do I speak to? Should I speak to my neighbor? What do you want me to say, Lord? What about my household? Is my household in order? Am I doing what we're supposed to do? I, I, there's just such an urgency in the air right now because the Spirit of God is moving. And let me tell you something. If you haven't watched the Unite 714 global event that happened on, on uh, Friday, you can still watch it online. I saw where they posted it. It'd be very good to watch it because there's some really prophetic things spoken by pastors on there. The one pastor, which I really wanted to hear him, our internet went out right about then. I think his name was, I um, can't think of his name. Was it Franklin, dear? I can't think of his name. Anyway, a powerful man of God from Tennessee. And he said he's been really praying and interceding. And he saw the hand of the Lord holding the United States in his hand. Holding the United States. That's powerful. I know, just... I just started weeping. See, the Lord is holding us, waiting to see what we're going to do. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. We're being held out here. That's kind of scary, but on the other hand, it's awesome that he hasn't let us go. He hasn't given up on us yet, but he's holding us. So I encourage you to listen to that. There's also some powerful worship on there by Elevation Worship that's very anointed. And there's these pastors speaking from all over the world. It's just so powerful. It's only an hour, and it's really good. I, I don't know how much longer it's going to be on there. I know it's going to be on there this week. I just read that. But anyway, we need to be in tune with what God is doing right now. Amen? Amen. 
Okay, so over in verse 39, we're going to see what the crowd, how the crowd responded to Peter's Pentecost sermon. Okay, Acts 2, 39, 41. <clears throat> I tried to type all this stuff up, but, you know, after typing two pages, I was so tired. I thought, okay, I'm just going to read part of it. <laughs> I always try to, you know, minimize, not carry so many Bibles. In the end, I'll end up bringing them all anyway. Whatever, you know, whatever works, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will. i got to turn the page here. Okay, where is it? Two, 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 two. Okay, it says, starting in verse... Um, 39, it says, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Now, when I read that, I think of that song, The Blessing, because it talks about the blessing being upon our families, our children, our children's children. This is talking about that. The promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families. For those yet born, and for those yet to be born, for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So that's a promise. Okay, so Peter's preaching these words to him, and it says, those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. This is what happens when you tarry before the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to embolden you. You start preaching the gospel, people get saved, right and left. 3,000 people, that's a lot of people. You know, pretty exciting. Okay, and then I want to turn to Acts 4. Acts 4, verses 1 to 4. And, okay, so they're out there preaching the gospel, and of course there's going to be opposition. There's always opposition when you preach the gospel. So Peter and John got arrested, okay? And um, anyway, they, they uh, arrested him, and since it was already evening, they kept him in custody until the next day. It says, and yet there were many in the crowd who believed their message. In the face of adversity, they're out there preaching the gospel. They get thrown in prison because of it. And it says, that brought the total number of believers to 5,000. 2,000 more came to the Lord. After the first 3,000, 2,000 more came to the Lord. Okay? So in the face of them uh, being challenged by the priests and the authorities, they kept preaching the word. They got thrown in jail and arrested. Okay? Then... They let him out, and if you go over into verse 23, this is the response of the church. As soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priests and the elders. This is, this is their response. This is the need to be, needs to be our response, okay? When the believers heard the report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed. That was their response. Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefather, saying, How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand while with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. In fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Jews and non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus. They did to him all that your purpose and will had determined according to the destiny you had marked out for them. So now, Lord, listen to their threats. This is their prayer, okay? Listen, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us. They ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal, 
to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. What was the response? At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. All the believers were in one mind and one heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community, for they shared everything they had with one another. So that was their response. They didn't back up and say, okay, these guys are getting thrown in prison. We're not going to do that. No, they united together in prayer, and there was a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and the earth shook and trembled, and they went out and started proclaiming the gospel again. Okay, this is, this is what needs to happen for revival to take place. we got to get prayed up and boldened with the Spirit and be out there preaching the gospel. Now is the time, people. Now is the time. Okay, so let's... I am going to go over to show my page here. Thank you, Lord. Okay, we're going to go to Isaiah for a minute here. Isaiah 52. Anyway, when I was uh, praying about this, a lot of times during the night the Lord will speak to me, you know, and uh, um, especially if I'm praying about what he wants me to share or something. And, and this scripture came to me loud and clear, and I thought, okay, Lord, you really, you really want us to be out there preaching the gospel. says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. Anyway, I thought, Yes, Lord, you want us to preach the gospel. It's the time you're moving. The the, uh, angels are out there gathering in the rightful heirs of salvation. The angels are in movement. I uh, was just reading a post from um, another uh, woman of God that was speaking online the other day. Her and a friend of mine in, in Anchorage were sharing back and forth. They were talking about how they were up in the middle of the night that they'd never seen so much atmosphere in the spiritual realm. Uh, one said she kept getting woke up at 4.30 in the morning and she could just sense the clashing going on in the heavens. That's what's happening in the spirit right now, okay? This pandemic is not of the Lord. And so there's this clash going on, okay? We need to be, be lined up with God, okay? Yeah. We need to not be lined up with what's happening in the world. We need to be lined up with God and doing what he tells us to do. Be lined up with the angels who are God's messengers sent out to get the years of salvation, okay? They're not going to save them. They can bring them in. we got to preach the gospel to them, okay? They're not going to get saved while I was preaching the gospel to them. The angels don't have the power to do that. They can herd them like a sheepdog, round them up and herd them and bring them in, but they can't get them saved, okay? They need us to get them saved. How beautiful on the feet of the mountains are those that preach the gospel. That's how the Lord sees us. He wants us to be out there preaching the gospel. Let's see. I have a note on this somewhere. Let's see. There's a reference here to Romans 10.15. Let's see what Romans 10.15 says. Apparently that's when I got tired because I don't have it written down. <laughs> anyway, Romans 10.15. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you are empowering us, Lord. Even today, you're empowering us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, Romans 10, we'll start in 14. It says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him 
if they have not heard, okay? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's us, okay? That's us. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, and then um, another note I had here was in the um, Passion Bible, it was talking about how we're told to proclaim the wonderful news, not the bad news that brings despair and fear, but the good news. Our God reigns in the midst of his people, okay? There needs to be voices proclaiming the good news in this hour. There's a lot of bad news being proclaimed. There needs to be good news proclaimed, and that is us. We need to speak into the darkness, okay? We are called to be ambassadors of God, vessels of light. We should be shining forth our light every day, okay? Not just on Sunday when you come to church and hear where you're inspired, but every day we should be shedding our light, speaking to those family members. We all probably have family members that are not saved. I've been thinking about the family members I have that aren't saved. My relatives back in Pennsylvania, and anyway, I've been thinking, and I've been praying for them fervently, that the Lord will send people to them because I'm not back there to preach the gospel. I don't want them to miss the call of God, and he comes back for the rapture, and they're left behind. I don't want that, okay? I'm sure you don't want that either. Think about your friends, okay? Think about people you know. Maybe you don't preach the gospel to them because you're afraid they're going to reject you. Well, they rejected Jesus. Better that they know how to get saved and reject you than that you never tell them, okay? Better that they, they hear the gospel even if you get rejected, okay? You, it, it's, it's coming down to that. That's where it's at right now. I'm speaking to myself, too. I have people that I have been lap swimming with for years. Some of them I have tiptoed around and prayed with, and they know that I'm a woman of God, but I don't know that I've actually told them how to get saved. Maybe one gal. The other one I wasn't sure about. I knew she was really into... Um, she had a Buddha at her house, was really into that. So I thought, well, I don't want to lose her as a friend. But the Lord spoke to me and said, no, you've got to preach the gospel to her. If you lose her as a friend, too bad. What's more important? She gets saved, do you keep your friendship? Right? What's more important? And right now, because the Spirit of God is moving, when the Spirit of God moves, it's a time to speak. Okay? You could probably say frog right now and somebody would leap. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that, okay? So it, it's easy. And what, one thing that you can do, I was reminded of this when I was listening to the uh, global uh, prayer the other day, the global Pentecost presentation. The man who closed it out said, share your testimony. Just share your testimony. We all have a testimony of how we got saved. You don't have to drum up scriptures. Just share how you got saved, you know, how you know the Lord. That's all you got to do, you know? It's easy. It can be easy. So anyway, let's turn to Isaiah 61. And let's see, this says TBT, so I'm going to read this in this one. This is another scripture the Lord spoke to me when I was preparing this. I kind of, you know, I used to, for years I used to have notebooks beside my bed and a pen, but I gotta start doing that again. Then, then I'd always not wake up. And then I always think I'm gonna remember when I, he tells me, and then I don't, and then I have to figure it out in the morning. Anyway, it's good to keep a notebook and a pen beside your bed so if the Lord speaks to you in the night, you can write it down. Yeah. You're not gonna remember it in the morning. You might think you will. You won't. <laughs> you won't. It doesn't work that way. Okay, so Isaiah 61, okay, verses 1 to 4. The mighty spirit of Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me. 
as a messenger to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell captives you are free, and to tell prisoners be free from your darkness. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies, to comfort all who are in sorrow. Now, there are a lot of people in sorrow right now. They need the comfort of the Lord. A lot of people have lost loved ones to COVID-19. Now, we're not experiencing it so much up here, but they're experiencing a lot in the Lord 48. 100,000 people have died of the COVID virus in the United States of America. That is a big number. That is a huge number, okay? Okay, so, okay, so there's people that are sorrowing that need to be comforted. To strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes, the oil of bliss instead of tears, and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Because of this, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness, planted by Yahweh as a living display of his glory. They will restore ruins from long ago and rebuild what was long devastated, they will renew ruined cities and desolations of past generations. Now, I believe personally that that scripture, okay, I believe that we are going to restore ruins, ruins that have happened from this COVID virus. I believe we're going to restore them. I believe our children and grandchildren are going to be part of that restoration and part of the, um, uh, it's been prophesied that there's going to be an ec economic reorganization, a global economic reorganization. I believe that my kids are going to be a part of that, and my grandkids. I believe that. We need to start really instilling in them faith and encouraging them so that they don't get discouraged this season of when we're uh, shut up in our homes and not allowed to go places and do things, uh, not go to school because of this. We need to encourage them that there is a future and there is a hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they have a plan. The Lord has a plan for them, okay? He's got a plan for every one of us and our kids and our grandkids. And the sooner they can come to know the Lord, the better. I have said this many times and I will continue to say it because I've seen it in our kids. My, my daughter Nikki got saved at three years old. And I remember uh, one of the... Uh, Leaders in the church at the time just gave me a hard time about that. He said, you can't talk to them about the Lord at three years old. They don't understand a word they say. I just sort of said, you know what? She understands everything I said, and she got saved. Now, if you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> you know? Anyway, she accepted the Lord that day, and she immediately started worshiping the Lord. She's been worshiping the Lord ever since. She's married and has a son now, and she's a president of a global organization. That is God, okay? That's what God does, okay? Man doesn't do that. God does that. There are giftings and callings on each person in here and on your children and grandchildren, and we need to walk in that, okay? And challenge the darkness. Do not bow to the darkness, okay? Don't be stupid. Ignore what's happening, okay? Don't ignore that uh, there's guidelines happening that you should probably... Uh, pay attention to, you know, and be respectful of one another. There's a lot of anger right now in our country because of people that believe one thing, they believe the other. People are saying, oh, it's all fake news. You know what? People dying is not fake news, okay? 
It isn't. It's not fake news. And uh, we need to pay attention. God is a respecter of people, okay? He, he wants us to respect one another, especially as believers. We need to be a light to the world, okay? We need to be the one that speaks life, not that gets into the politics of the whole thing and tries to uh, make an issue out of something. It's just a, a really, really awful thing happening in our country right now. All the violence happening in Minnesota over the police officer that was just killed and... Um, they're not the police officer, the black man that was killed by the police officer. I mean, there's people trashing stores and all kinds of horrible stuff happening. Anyway, we, we need to be a light in the darkness, okay? God is in the midst of shaking us up. And I believe what that man said. Oh, LaFoon was his name. I think it's Pastor James LaFoon. You might have heard of him before. Anyway, he's the one that spoke. He's from Tennessee about the Lord holding America in his hand. Okay, that doesn't mean that we've got it yet. He didn't say that. He said the Lord was holding him in his hand. Yeah. That means, you know, maybe we're being weighed in the balance to see what we're going to do. We need to wake up, people. We need to wake up and step into the moving of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is moving. And I'm reminded right now, I'm thinking of uh, when the waters stirred and the, they brought sick people to the waters again so they could be healed. There was a time of the stirring of the waters when healing could come forth. I believe the Lord is stirring the waters right now, okay? The Lord is stirring the waters. The Holy Spirit is here. It's Pentecost Sunday. Revival is happening. I want to be a part of it. Do you want to be a part of it? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's stand up. I'm done. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.